the Play Callers podcast with Kyle Shanahan. Tons of good information on Kyle Shanahan, his protégés, Mike McDaniels, uh, how all these offenses and teams were built. Fascinating stuff on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, on threads. You can find us just about anywhere. You can always drop a comment on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you find your podcasts. And of course, it is another Winky Wednesday, which means our guest today is Mr. Nicholas Winkler. Find him at Bay Area Wink on Twitter and now on threads as well, Nick. Let's go. Thread it up. We're threading. We're tweeting. We're we're podding it up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fascinating podcast dropped this week from Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic. Uh, she did a really good job and really highlighting some of the, the Shanahan tree coaches, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Mike LaFleur. And no, Matt LaFleur, sorry, not Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur, though, offensive coordinator for Sean McVay now in Los Angeles after being the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. So if you're trying to keep up, I'm already losing track on who these guys are. Mike McDaniels as well. Uh, All former Shanahan protégés and on in their own offenses. And um, it was really cool stuff. And and there was tons to take away from from all of this. The the number one thing, guys, that, that I noticed right away, just because of the way it was recorded, uh, and by the way, you can go check it out at The Athletic, all the, the podcasts. It's definitely a podcast worth listening to. Make sure you finish Locked On 49ers daily before you go diving into other podcasts, obviously, as your first listen. Um, but Jordan does a great job of um, of putting this whole thing together and all the folks at The Athletic. And I do know some folks uh, in behind the scenes and uh, that work at The Athletic in the podcast department. So a good team of folks over there and uh, a lot of great writers and reporters, including the 49ers guys and Barrows and, and Lombardi. But um the, the first thing that jumped out to me is just how when they bounced around to the different coaches, hearing the way they speak and their different personalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, right away, like Kyle Shanahan is the most scatterbrained out of all of them. Like he's jumping all over the place and he's like talking about the sentence he talked about two sentences ago, then jumps back to this and then back into that one. And it's like he's definitely like comes off as the most my mad scientisty of the group. Yeah, like when they described uh, the whiteboard. And they had a play drawn up in black. And then he had it drawn up it, how it's a little bit different in orange. And then in yellow. And then in red. Like the same play, but how it can be done differently. You know, run from the same formation. That was really cool. And then how he had some of it wiped off, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like nope, nope, that one didn't work. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> um, did, did you have any big takeaways from, from this, Croc, upon first listening to this podcast and just listening to, uh, to some of the stuff at the beginning in the first episode? I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but yeah, listening to Kyle Shanahan, and I was I was confused. I'm like, is this really Kyle, or is this like an AI version of Kyle? You're like, you don't know what's real and what's not anymore, and the clarity in which he was speaking. Hold on, it, sorry, it, sorry to interrupt you, Croc, but for, for the listeners out there, before we went on the air, we were talking about this in our pre-production meeting, and Croc legitimately asked, "Is like, was that really Kyle Shanahan talking? Like, he thought it might have been AI Kyle Shanahan. It would have been fascinating to take the quotes and put them in AI. It might be a direction we're going. By the way, we could probably pull that off with some AI voices. Like Kyle Shanahan's quote, we can take what his 
text quote was, and then we can turn it into his voice saying his own quote. My, so I listened to this. To take care of that, but go ahead, Grok. Sorry. I, I listened to this podcast. It's a, it's a fitness, health and fitness podcast called Mind Pump. And they actually have this AI feature to where you can ask them a question. And based off of all of their shows, it gives you an answer from what they have like legitimately said. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. From their past responses, wow. and stuff like yeah, that. from their past responses, wow. and you can you can ask like which one of them do you want to ask like answer this question, and then they answer it like they would. Wow, and like that's where I was this gonna is say going. I was gonna say that the AI couldn't have cursed that much, but I was like, well, if it's based on Kyle's past, then yeah, it, it'll curse just as much because every <laughs> other word is a curse word coming out of Kyle's mouth. It's like all right. Oh man, it's fantastic stuff. By the way, uh, Winkler and Crocker both on the road, one in Oregon, one in Atlanta. So appreciate you guys making some time and carving out to be able to do this Winky Wednesday podcast. Get it out there every day to the folks here on the Locked On Podcast mm-hmm. Network. Um, I'm for it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, real quick, before you know, the the coolest thing I thought from that podcast was uh, was one of the first things Kyle said, and he said, you know, when I was quality control coach in Tampa, I got to be like around the one of the best defenses of all time he was in the coaching staff right and so he's talking about that's how I learned offense I learned offense by watching this defense and seeing how they drew it up and what they were going to do and what they were going to scheme and then it kind of gave me the whole like where should I distribute people where where should I put people on offense in order to beat this you know one of the best defenses of all time I thought that was super cool absolutely and 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 one of the the things that really stood out to me throughout this, and I'm two episodes into this thing, um, is how they how they innovated and how it all came together. And when they tell the backstory of all these coaches together on the same staff in Washington and how they were kind of like kids and infighting, and they called them <laughs> their nickname was the Piss Boys. Which Good is boy. fantastic because they they literally just took everything from everybody. They they as Robert Sala put it, they got basically peed on. That that was like their yeah. their job was to take everybody's whatever. Um, and you know if the coffee machine was broken, they're gonna fix that. If the the copy machine was broken, they're gonna fix that too. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild stuff what the uh, the quality control guys actually do and the, the grunt work that goes into it. But once they got to the big. Shanahan, Mike Shanahan staff in Washington and those guys uh, all together. And there were the youngsters and there were some really old play, you know, coaches on the staff and they're looking at these guys like, what are these whippersnappers doing? And they're kind of like running the show a little bit on offense with Kyle and his buddies, the way it was looked at, but the competition that that was bred between those guys and trying to get their stuff in the offense and, and fighting for this and fighting for credit and, you know, how they have to go about getting the play into the game you know, and, and who draws it up and who um, and, and, and if they can get Kyle to okay it, you know, and so <laughs> some of those things were really fascinating. So uh, yeah, definitely a great podcast and, and for sure worth a listen. And I have a ton of other takeaways too. I want to get to speaking of Washington with RG three as well mm-hmm. and his take on Shanahan and some of the stories he told from his time in Washington with the Shanahan's. And then uh, one other huge nugget from these podcasts guys was that in an alternate universe, Kyle Shanahan might have been the Los Angeles Rams head coach and why that did not happen next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by 
eBay Motors, fantastic new sponsor here of the podcast, eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny picked out for us this week, eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And since it's the first one, we're going to start with 1.1, guys. And who do you think is the first pick that Vinny recommends in your fantasy football drafts? Well, that is Christian McCaffrey. When making the first overall pick in fantasy football drafts in 2023, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is a guaranteed fit. A healthy McCaffrey is guaranteed to see well more than 300 touches again in his first full season in San Francisco and is the centerpiece of the 49ers offensive engine. McCaffrey checks all the boxes, including his talent and usage, high floor and ceiling. Run with CMC as the guaranteed fit at number one for a smooth ride to another year of big numbers. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. When you're looking for parts for your vehicle with eBay guaranteed fit, and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts. What's a strut? I don't know, but you can find them on eBay Motors. You name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now, you know, you always find uh, the right setup for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's Ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, guys, here we go. Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. almost the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. And Les Sneed tells a story of how McVay ended up becoming the coach of the Los Angeles Rams at the young age of, I think it was 31 years old. And, you know, people are like, what are you doing? This in. Uh, you know, he, as smart as he was, we're like, come on, yeah, he, he's a couple years away still. You can't hire this guy. He's 31 years old. But they wanted to interview Kyle Shanahan. But there was a storm that prevented them from flying to Atlanta to meet with Kyle at the time they were supposed to meet with Kyle Shanahan. And so that meeting never happened. And they tried to get like a FaceTime going. And Kyle's like, ah, that's not even going to be, that's not going to be enough anyway. So let's not do that. And then as it turned out, they never ended up interviewing Kyle Shanahan. They ended up going with McVay. And I think that 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 McVay hire happened before the 49ers hired Shanahan because the Niners had obviously had to wait until after the Super Bowl to make that hire. So um, who knows? Maybe they go to that. Shanahan's a little older coach. He blows them away. Maybe they make an offer. And, and who knows? Maybe Kyle Shanahan chooses the Los Angeles Rams and is coaching the other team in the NFC West. Then who ends up on the 49ers? Is it Sean McVay? Probably not, because they had some other interviews. I don't think McVeigh was on Jed York's radar at the time. Well, when you think about Kyle Shanahan potentially being around, do they win a Super Bowl? 
Oh, I mean, just think about what they have to do to get it. And here, here's the, I think the big difference, and maybe where there would have been a conflict of interest. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers gets to run the show. Mm. And he was looking for a place that already had a quarterback in place, or he could have at least had the thought of Kirk Cousins and brought him along. The Rams were one year into Jared Goff. So they weren't, and they just took him, but number one overall. So they weren't going to move off of that, especially after trading up for him. And let's need their general manager. He runs the show. He runs the show. So what Kyle had wanted that. Obviously, he has a great working relationship with uh, John Lynch. That relationship works amazing. <laughs> we see the results. But I think a different dynamic over there in L.A., what McVay went into. And I'm not sure that setup would have worked for Kyle. I think with the golf thing, Kyle might have looked at that as a plus. It was like, oh, I got the talent of a one, a number one overall pick from last year, and Todd. You Gurley, sure about that? And running back Todd Gurley, and I get to start there. Ooh. You don't think? You don't think the, the guy that was just yeah. drafted number one overall that 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 would be better than looking over at the 49ers roster and going, man? But Brian Hoyer. I was going to say, remember who started for the 49ers? Well, the 49ers on teams, they're trying to trade for guys. It wasn't like only Kirk Cousins, but that they knew the Kirk Cousins thing was there. They were trying to trade for Brady. They were trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo multiple times, ended up happening at the deadline. So there was a lot of, you know, oh, man, oh. what we're going to end up with quarterback. And it might have been, they might have drafted Sam Darnold and still not signed Kirk Cousins if they wouldn't have traded for Jimmy because they would have won less games. John Lynch was trying to trade for Brady. John Lynch wanted to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Kyle was set on Kirk Cousins, and with the way that roster was constructed, it the stars were aligning for him to get Kirk. I, Jared Goff, I mean, when we look at what McVay did with him, excellent job of revitalizing his career. Rookie, I, I get it. Team wasn't great. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Fisher or whoever was there prior. But the version of Jared Goff that we saw – during his tenure with McVay, wasn't quite that same guy that we saw as a rookie. As a rookie, he he really struggled. So just being able to see that, right, like being able to see Jared Goff and the struggles, and then, okay, I have to inherit this quarterback, and I have to actually make him good, you know, and I won't really be the shot caller when it comes to how I want this whole thing to work out. Like, he handpicked John Lynch. Like, no, that, that's who I want to be my GM. So I just think the setup of the 49ers for Kyle and how it feels like he comes across was much better than the Rams. And I don't think the Rams would have ever gave him that same type of situation. So I yeah. think it, it was definitely a better situation for him with the 49ers. And so far, although he hasn't won the Super Bowl and we see the Rams have hoisted that, he's had a lot of success. So I think his way to an extent is definitely working. Wink, do you think Jared Goff is a has been a better NFL quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that's a tough call. Uh, I don't think so. I think Jimmy has still played better. It's just it's just comparing apples and oranges, right? It's just different offenses, different schemes, different talent around him. I think Jimmy J Garoppolo has been a great quarterback. I think he's been solid. I think he hasn't quite had the downs that Jared Goff had, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo – has had a bunch of ups. The only downs the 49ers have had with Jimmy Garoppolo is when Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt and not in the lineup. Jerry Goff had a terrible season after the Super Bowl, right? I mean, I'm not looking at numbers right now, but as I recall, he was trash, and that's why they went to Matt Stafford, right? 
I know for sure, and I don't know about that season, but and maybe you're right, Wink, that Garoppolo's highs and lows were were much more stable. Yeah, much more yeah. stable aside from the injuries than uh, than Jared Goff. But I know Jared Goff's highs as far as statistics, both with the Rams and with the mm. Detroit Lions, have been much yeah. better than the numbers that Jimmy Garoppolo has put up. And you know, he went to a Super Bowl and lost just like Jimmy G too. So that, yeah. that's super interesting. What would it have looked like with with Todd Gurley and at least a little bit of Todd Gurley early on with uh, with Kyle Shanahan and Jared Goff? I think Kyle would have been intrigued by the other guys. But again, just having to keep that quarterback, at least for the first few years, after seeing what you saw as a rookie and not being able to handpick your guy, I think that would have been a little tough a- for him. Heading into the situation with the 49ers, they could have – draft to the quarterback, or they could have said, hey, we're going to just wait for Kirk Cousins. And then ultimately he got talked into going and get uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But he at least had options. I think with the Rams, there were no other options. It was Jared Goff, and you have to make him look a lot better than what we just saw as a rookie. Here's a question about Todd Gurley. Does he have a longer career if Kyle Shanahan took over instead of Sean McVay? Because I feel like McVay ran him into the ground, right? Because Kyle's never had just that one running back that he just depends on. He, I, he, I don't know. He breaks it up. I can't ever say that anybody would have a longer career under Kyle Shanahan with the track record so far. And I don't know if it's incidental or what, but it might have been two games of 40 carries per game. And then, oh, there goes Todd Gurley. Why Why? Why didn't Kyle Shanahan's running backs, whoever starts the year, you can like go to the third string running back, and that's the guy that's going to yeah. finish as the leading rusher. Every year, I draft Kyle's third-string running back in my fantasy leagues it's every smart. single year, and that player always makes me money. This year, it's Jordan Mason. Get that first guy off waivers for the 49ers, yeah. the fourth guy. Get him. Jordan Ponches Mason, by the way. Get the name right, J.P. Mason. Ponches is a fantastic middle name. Okay, so <sighs> one of the real quick on McVay, I got more on the 49ers and, uh, and Kyle Shanahan and – RG3 and his thoughts on Kyle Shanahan, which I found super interesting as well. But um, one of the things that I I really liked about McVay, uh, there's a couple of things. One was he allowed his offensive linemen to basically install a play on the fly during a game. Like it was an outside zone run call. And um, who's the the left tackle, the longtime left tackle just retired recently. Blanking on his name now. Yeah, Andrew Whitworth. So Andrew Whitworth was being interviewed for this podcast, and he was talking about a time when he, in the huddle with the guys, with the offensive linemen, they kind of got together. Roger Saffold was the guard, and um, in the center, they got together and like, okay, look, we can really gouge them if, because we're doing this outside zone, and then I'm going to kick out here. You guys double-team here up to the linebacker and uh, and – and Todd t- talking to Todd Gurley, you just hit the B gap hard. Don't worry about the read. Don't worry about selling the outside zone. You're going to hit up the B gap hard. And then they just went boom, boom, started gouging him. They did this in the game, in the huddle. And Sean McVay was like, all right, that's pretty cool. I, I like the way that's working. Let's keep going with that. You know, and like I was like, oh my God, Kyle Shanahan would blow a gasket if people were trying to not oh, do yeah. exactly the things that he was calling on the field. So much looser situation. And one of the other fascinating things from Sean McVay was, when he first showed up, he's you know former tight ends coach. He's like, I'm going tight end heavy, man. Uh, they drafted Gerald Everett. You remember in that first draft, uh, they also ended up drafting Cooper Cup. 
but they drafted Gerald Everett. We're going we're going two tight ends. We're going to have one of them be kind of an H back fullback, and we're going twelve personnel all day. And then he's kind of gets in to camp, and he's like looking around. He's like, well. I don't know if I want Cooper cup on the bench here. Cause my third wide receiver, I got Sammy Watkins and I've got, um, I've got Robert Brandon Cooks, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods or well, Brandon oh. Cooks like, was gone by then, but he had, you know, it was like, I'm going to, and all of a sudden it's like, well, it's a three wide offense and it hasn't really gone away. Like yeah, first training camp, or maybe he was talking about the second train. I think it was his first training camp. Yeah. Uh, and, he had already changed what his initial plan was of what his offense and his base offense was going to look like. And all of a sudden they're going three wide and, you know, Cooper cup has become what he's become there, but he realized what his best talent was and he wanted his best 11 on the field. So was, that was some fascinating stuff on McVay. What's funny you talk <sighs> about McVay and, and how he, and how that he, he was cool with like them changing the plays, right? Well, there's that whole story uh, from RG three uh, when he was with uh, Washington and how, yeah, he, yeah, how Kyle was like, hey, hey, RG3, go make a play. Put together a play. Put together a scheme. Let's run it in practice. Let's get it together. And let's see how it works out. I, I want to stop you right there, Wink, because Croc hasn't heard this part. And Croc, you oh. are going to love this story about RG3. Because I was really interested on what RG3's take was going to be on, on Kyle Shanahan and how that kind of didn't end great and the injuries and stuff. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. And, and the story, I'm going to let Wink continue here in a second, uh, is awesome with the, the story that RG3 tells about his time with Kyle next. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast and become an everydayer. All right, Wink, go ahead. Uh, sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, go oh. ahead with your story of RG3 and uh, and Kyle allowing him to install his own play. Yeah, it's so good. RG3 is like, yeah, so I, I wrote this up. I had this great idea. I knew where the blocking was going to be. I told the receivers what routes to take. I knew my one, two, three checkdowns. We snap the ball. Everything goes wrong. Blocking's missing. Guys are running the wrong routes, this and that. Kyle just clocks up. He's like, what was that? Like, what happened there? What was that? Tell me about it. So they bring it back again the next day and it's a lot better. You know, it, it, it kind of works. Right. And so Kyle's like, Hey, how'd that feel to get out there and like do your own play and write everything. He's like, well, yeah, I felt good. I was going to make it work no matter what. Cause it was my play. I was going to do whatever it took to make my play work. And Kyle said, well, yeah, that's how I feel about every play that I write. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle wasn't going to let him just install his own college play that yep. he brought in from Baylor. He was trying to teach him a lesson about, hey, why don't you yep. treat all my plays the same way that you treated yours as your own little baby? <laughs> so awesome. good. So Kyle. See, that's wild. Like that's, And again, we've talked about in past episodes – Kyle getting over that hump, right? He's an excellent coach. We're, we're not comparing him to the bottom, you know, two thirds of the league. We're, we're comparing him to the top guys and arguably at the top, but to win it all, right? Because there's this small margin of error that he's had that has cost him again, whether it's an overthrow by Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, dropped an interception by Tart and, you know, mm. uh, and then the injury to the quarterback, what, whatever the, the, but it's been a very small margin that, might not even be his fault, but I've always felt like there's just like this one thing and it's like the control thing where just let loose just a little, just a little. And I think that's going to be the most difficult thing when it comes to having a second reaction type quarterback, because like you just said, he feels every play should work exactly how he draws it up. And that's how he wants it. And if you don't do it that way, because I've heard some of the guys, and I understand it. I understand, but I heard Devo. 
like if you don't run that route, you know, to this part of the, the hash and and then do this, man, you get cussed out. And I get it. I get it. You it, you drew it up that way. This is how it's going to be the most successful. But sometimes, you know, a guy might have to freelance a little bit and make something happen. And I feel like he kind of takes that creativity. That, again, I could be wrong. We, we can have a 49er guy listening in. He's like, nope, that's wrong, crap. But I feel like it kind of takes that creativity a little bit away from them. Like, no, it has to be this way. This is how I drew it up. And it works, of course, for 98% of the season. But it's that 2% of the time where they need you to loosen up a little bit so that they can make that freelancing play that typically has been the backbreaker to the 49ers when the other teams make that play. I think Kyle holding on so tight, I think that might be – I could be reaching – I could be reaching, but it feels like it's that's it's that's been the difference between him right now hoisting the Lombardi. Yeah, again, I know they're gonna say, well, Jimmy missed the throw. I, I get it, y'all. I get it. But it feels like that's what is just missing that one thing, just that control factor that he has mm-hmm. that might be a little too tight. Yeah, it, it might be the last part of his development as a head coach to 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 not grip things quite so tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really he, like, like you, so you're telling me he had him run the play just so he understands how I want things ran. Like I feel like this about every play. So we're not gonna run your play. Because yeah, I was with Rex. Like, <laughs> I don't remember if RG3 said that if they kept that play in the playbook or not. I have yeah, I don't think he said it. Yeah. Right. Um it, it was he would have said it if they did. I, 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 yeah. I, I was with Rex and I just I just know how Phil being around him. And it, it was like, whatever he says, like, you just you just want, you know, because of how he interacted with the players. Now, again, he never won at all. And I'm not going to say that he was as good as a coach as Kyle. But I wonder if Kyle had that extra little – I mean, we're talking about a guy whose father created an entire defense. He knows this stuff like the back of his hand, right? And people, you know, some of our listeners might remember Buddy Ryan. Like, that's his dad. Created an entire defense. Like, he knows this stuff. He knows everything about it. The things he did, it was like awesome. But when Calvin Pace says, hey, Kyle, I mean, excuse me, hey, hey, Rex, can I do this and then do this? And he'd be like, yeah, like, all right, like, you can do that. Now, if it doesn't work, we might scrap it. But, yeah, let's let's try that. It just does something to a player, like, to feel like you have, like, that kind of Empowerment. input. And the coach yeah. believes in you to be able to do whatever it is and at least says, we will try it. And I don't know. Maybe Kyle's not missing anything, but I feel like there's a little something, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. There's a bit about that in the podcast, actually, where he's talking about when he's offensive coordinator in, in Houston and how people would come to him and with a play and he'd be like, they said he would ask you 20 questions about it. Well, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And what happens if this happens or that? And they'd br- he'd break everything down. And sometimes he'd be like, okay, yeah, that works. But most of the time he'd find the hole. Or like the reason why that play wouldn't work, and they and he just scrap it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, he holds on tight to everything. It was good stuff. Yeah, he was like he would go through it and and break the play down in every way, and you know, and see if he could find what was wrong with the play. And then uh, Mike McDaniel's tells the story about how because uh, oh, Chris Forster, the uh, and I always call him Chris Forster. Apparently, you you pronounce it Forster, the 49ers offensive line coach. He was the O line coach in Washington with them. And, you know, he's, you know, he's an older coach at the, at the time even, but, you know, now too. But uh, Mike McDaniels would go through Furster with his play idea, get Furster to sign off on it because it was easier to get it into Kyle 
that way. And he would use that as the roundabout mm-hmm. to get the, the play into Kyle. But um, the, and that was really cool just to hear about all these guys competing and, and they're coming up with their own stuff. And, and when you when you hear their personalities and hear them talk about it and how much they all had a part in it, then you realize why their offenses all look separate when they're all in different mm-hmm. places, you know, and obviously they have different personnel. And, and so that's, that's a really fascinating thing. And it, and it brings me to my last point about offensive innovation and how much has changed. And like, you know, when you think of Bill Walsh, like he was an innovator and he was, you know, uh, he was way ahead of his time and he was implemented the West coast offense and, you know, kind of changed the game. But now that is like first day stuff that, that he was doing. Like you, you, if you went and played, if you went and, and used Bill Walsh's offense right now, people would be like, this is a, a child's playbook. This is right. Pop Warner playbook, right? What are you doing here? Because they've taken that and then they've added their own thing. And they talked about in Houston when they had, there was no play action. Mm-mm. Kyle Shady has like, there was no play action. And I added the two play action plays that I learned from Paul Hackett. And it's like, okay, now we got two play actions, right? And then all of a sudden <laughs> building on it, building on it. Now they have 50 play actions. And then they talked about, later where they didn't really have to use the motion like they do in Atlanta. And now there's just then and the Rams are like this and all the, all of them are like this where he's got motion everywhere. So you got play action, you got motion and you have all these moving parts on top of everything else that they got from, you know, Will Bill Walsh gave to Mike Shanahan and Mike Shanahan to uh, with, with Kubiak. And then that Kubiak offense now that has become the Kyle Shanahan thing. And now there's play action and there is, you know, tons of motion and, and just, you know, how everything just keeps getting added on and added on and all these really smart guys and all the competition that, that has, has bred all of this. And so that, that is what was really interesting to me is like how fast that all moves and, and how much offenses change and, and how important it is that the guys that came before give you what they have. And then you take that. And now that's one Oh one, because now you've added so much on top of it and you got to stay on top of these things. I imagine how hard it is to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL now. One more note, actually, on that uh, on that same topic. And when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, and it's that everybody, they all said such glowing things about him. Like, they were like, okay, this guy really knows his stuff, so I have to up my game, too. And, and that's part of it, when you get this competition between really smart guys. And it helped all of them level up, and I'm sure it helped Shanahan to level up because he has these guys nipping at their heels, and there's competitions. And Chris First was talking about walking down the hall and hearing guys fighting in the in the quarterback room yelling at each other trying to figure out who's right about something and they're like hey chris which is right is this right or is this right you know and, the, and they're trying to figure things out together and then there's the other dude i'm blanking on his name now who was teammates with kyle at texas yes. and kyle brought him along and he was kind of you know in that path of he was quality control guy you know with shanahan uh in washington and he's with all these he's with lafleur mcveigh mcdaniels shanahan and he's sitting here with these guys realizing I don't have this thing that these yeah. guys have. I, I have to do something else. And now he runs an agency that helps out these coaches off the field. He's like, I, this ain't me, dude. I, the, I, these guys are operating on another level. So that was really cool to hear him, you know, open up about that and, and realize how these guys are, are kind of different and how they're wild. That might have been, well, I was just going to say that might be, Kyle and those guys are smart. There's definitely other ways, though. Like, I don't feel like you have to be the smartest guy in the room to be a good football coach. And that's the yeah. part where he might have sold himself a little short. Well, first, when he even in the story was like, he opened the door and he yelled at these guys, you don't even know how good you have it. Like, knock it off. Yeah, like, quit yelling at you about this. You're lucky yeah. enough to even have this job. Nepo babies, what are you doing? 
talk about you know when when uh, he realized that he didn't have it. Kyle had a similar situation when he was in college, and he's like, "I realize I'm not going to be a wide receiver. Like I just don't have it. So what am I going to do?" He's all, and then like five minutes later, I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to be the best coach ever." Like <laughs> he immediately yeah. just shifted his yeah, mindset. Like, yep, I know I'm going to be an NFL guy, just not a wide receiver. All right, next, guys, and we're going to listen to more episodes of this, and it's fantastic stuff, and, and everyone should go out and, and listen to what Jordan Rodriguez put together. She did a fantastic job, and I don't know how many episodes there are. I've, I've, seen, I've heard a couple of episodes already of the Play Callers podcast. Um, but one of the things that I want to talk about on another episode, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit tomorrow, is with so many coaches from this same tree around the NFL – our defense is going to start figuring this out to the point where they're hurting each other because everyone's running similar systems. Hope not. So look forward to that on a future episode of Locked On 49ers. We're going to preview all the positions for training camp and getting pretty close to training camp getting open here uh, at the end of the month. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. Subscribe to the video.